0: Your daily podcast on the Houston Rockets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to a quasi-post-game edition of Locked On Rockets. I'm your host, Ben DuBose. I'm bringing this to you in the aftermath of the Rockets' 114-99 to loss on Friday night in San Antonio. I'm not going to make too big of a deal of the game itself, the flow, the score, because obviously this was a mismatch. The Rockets felt pretty good about their roster after the big win in Dallas on Wednesday night. That's the second-to-last preseason game. And so they left James Harden, Trevor Ariza, Clint Capella, and Eric Gordon, who might be your four most important players... Um, possibly with Ryan Anderson being the exception, but uh, left four of your five or six most important players, at the very least, in Houston, because the Rockets feel pretty good about where they're at, and considering they already have one rotation player in Pat Beverly that's out injured for the foreseeable future, they didn't want to risk anything else. So this was a game in which you had some interesting players play that you want to watch, certainly the likes of KJ McDaniels, Tyler Ennis, Sam Decker, Montres Harrell, got decent minutes, but it's hard to take that much from this game because their role was so different. For example, K.J. McDaniels, he shot four of 11, had 10 points in 29 minutes, but without James Harden to play alongside, in many instances, he was the focal point, and that's not a role that suits him. When K.J. has shined this preseason, as as I've said on this show It's been about his chemistry with James Harden. It's been about his ability to play off the ball. So even though he went 4 of 11, and on paper this was not a great game for his efficiency, he was minus 18 in the box score, I'm not too worried about him because his role was so different than what it will be once the regular season opens up and those uh, four mainstays are back and the Rockets have a regular rotation. Now probably the biggest news out of San Antonio Friday night came after the game, Mike D'Antoni said that Pat Beverly could be out about 20 games of the regular season, which would be until December 5th, someone calculated. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, basically the god of basketball reporting on the vertical, said that he would miss about three weeks with a minor knee scope. Now, Calvin Watkins, Rocket Speed writer for ESPN, said that nothing had been finalized regarding surgery. He's still going to see another doctor this weekend, and everything remains on the table, but regardless, it's going to be at least 10 games. I'd say 10 to 20. 20 is probably the upper end of the range, but uh, best case scenario, he misses 10 games and is back in mid-November. Worst case, it stretches all the way out to early to mid-December, but it's going to be a sizable chunk either way. I think one reason for the possible uh, divergence in timetables could be uh, they're going to wait and see how the team is doing. I don't think they're going to rush him back no matter what, but, you know, the Rockets start with seven of eight games on the road, and if they struggle defensively, then I think you might see a little bit more of a sense of urgency, as opposed to if they are able to hold their own in this early stretch, then I think you can be a little more cautious with Beverly in his recovery. Now, as far as what that means for the rotation, we've covered that in podcast earlier this week. Gordon's going to be your other starter um, In the backcourt alongside Harden. And so that's going to force um, a a different rotation off the bench. KJ McDaniels is going to be probably the guy receiving the vast majority of those minutes as far as what Beverly would have gotten. You'll have Beverly coming, uh, you'll have McDaniels, excuse me, coming off the bench as a quasi um, guard hybrid. Basically, he won't be handling the ball, but I think you could put him next to. Gordon or Harden, try and stagger those minutes as best you can. And then I think Prigioni will be your fourth guard. Maybe, you, well, he'll still be the fourth guard because I think KJ will clearly be a higher priority given his defensive ability. But uh, Pablo will fill in for the minutes that neither Garden, uh, Garden that, that should be a new nickname, Gordon or Harden is on the floor. Uh, I did think Friday night was encouraging for Prigioni. Um, 10 points, three of five shooting, two of four from three. Uh, Actually had, I believe, the only positive plus-minus on the team at plus-two. But really, Frigioni, he's done, when he's been healthy, and he did miss a week with a shoulder issue, but he's done everything the Rockets could hope. He's made threes at a decent clip. He's been efficient running the offense. He has experience with Mike D'Antoni. He's certainly not a world-beater defensively. He's even a little bit slower than he was two years ago and that's to be expected now that Pablo's 39, but I think he understands the scheme. And so if you're looking at him as just a fit for 10 minutes a game to stabilize your offense, I think he's uh, a pretty good one. I think it can especially be useful because one thing I like about Pablo, he might be your best post-entry passer on the team. And the biggest takeaway I have, and I saw it again on Friday night, Nene is going to be the focal point of your second unit. Now, they've alternated starts between Nene and Capella throughout the preseason. I've said for many reasons it makes more sense to make Capella your starter. The main reason, Capella's defense is far superior to Nene. He's got more stamina. Uh, He's just a better overall player. However, there is one area that Nene does have a leg up on relative to Capella, and it's his post-ability. Nene was 7 of 8. Uh, 15 points in 19 minutes uh, really torched Paul Gasol. Now, Gasol is not a great uh, defender by any stretch of the imagination, but it's hard to go 7 of 8 for 15 points against air, especially in 19 minutes. So one of the bigger questions with your bench is who's going to be that focal point in terms of attracting attention from the opposing defense. And that's where Nene comes in now that you're having to push Gordon to the starting lineup to replace Pat Beverly. I mentioned this the other day, but David Wiener, aka Bima Thug, pointed out that um, it's the bench where you're really gonna feel the impact of Beverly's injury because now that you're forcing Gordon to play alongside Harden who's going to be able to carry that load offensively with that second unit. And I think that's another reason why is a better fit with the starters and Nene better off the bench early in the season because, well, Nene can give you that scoring punch that really the second unit is not going to have because you look at who your second unit is right now, and I know you're not going to go purely to a second unit. There's going to be some mixing and matching, but you would have probably Prigioni, KJ McDaniels, Uh, Corey Brewer at the three, Sam Decker at the four, and Nene at the center spot. There are going to be a few matchups where um, Decker might be able to score, but he's still young and learning. Uh, He was four of 11 for 10 points on Friday night against the Spurs, and as he went against better players, certainly his efficiency took a little bit of a tumble, so I think it would be a mistake to count on too much from Sam too early. He is basically a rookie. There are going to be growing pains. So Nene his offensive ability, you can make him the focal point of your second unit, and if you flipped it and put Nene with the starters, it feels like it would be too imbalanced because Capella, for all of his strengths in terms of his overall game, he's still not really someone that you can just dump it down to on the block and expect to create his own offense. So when you look at a starting lineup that the Rockets have, with so much firepower already with James Harden, Ryan Anderson, and Eric Gordon, it makes more sense to have your versatile Uh, more all-around player in Clint Capella with that group, whereas a second unit where the biggest question in the absence of Pat Beverly is who can really create their own offense, that's where Nene would seem to fit, and he's had a really strong preseason. Um, His defense has lagged at times, certainly, but... Offensively, 25 of 34, he's shooting 73% from the field. That is tremendous. And again, Friday night, Rockets backups are essentially playing against the Spurs starters. Pau Gasol, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kawhi Leonard, they all played for about 20 minutes out there, a lot of the time against Nene. So very encouraging uh, showing for him. Yes, he has his deficiencies, but his one skill, which is his ability to create in the post, is one that's going to be very useful uh, for this bench in the absence of Pat Beverly and how that's affecting the rest of the rotation. So I think, really, when I saw Nene go to work, some of the scoop shots he he has in the post, it's a little reminiscent of Luis Scola. And I think we saw that even though Scola had his deficiencies, his last stint with the Rockets, and especially now, in certain matchups, he can be very, very useful. And uh, the bench, the way it is now, I think he's going to be your focal point. And Nene may be the key to that second unit keeping themselves afloat over these next few weeks, however long it is, without Pat Beverly. Because until he comes back, you're going to have Gordon in the starting lineup, and you're not going to be able to push Gordon to that six-man role that you envisioned him in once you signed him earlier in July. Um, The other takeaway I had, a lot of people are raving about Bobby Brown. And Brown, he led the team with 23 points. But the one thing I want to point out on Brown's performance, I'm not trying to uh, criticize the guy even though it is my prerogative to do so. Just kidding. I know that was the lamest line in the history of lines. Um, he, he got those 23 points on 20 shots. So this was not particularly efficient. He was 3 of 11 from 3. Um, 23 points and 9 rebounds in 31 minutes. It's a good top line, stat line. However, um, it was a classic game where the Rockets... Without so many of their regulars, there were not many guys to take shots or to orchestrate the offense, period. So he had the ball in his hands a lot. And while it was a quality game from a counting stats standpoint, I don't think it really moved the needle that much in terms of his chances to make the team. We'll talk more in the next couple of days about roster cuts. The deadline is Monday, and the Rockets certainly have some tough decisions to make because, you know, you look... Up and down the roster, there are some very talented young players that are not going to make it. They're going to have to decide on guys like Kyle Wiltshire, Gary Payton. Uh, Anuaku is a second-round pick, should make it. But uh, even Tyler Ennis, I don't think is a lock. But what I would say, I would be very surprised if both Prigioni and Bobby Brown make the team. My guess is that Prigioni has the leg up of course, based on his experience with the Rockets and experience in D'Antoni's system. But given all these young players, I would be surprised if the Rockets carry uh, two veteran point guards who don't really have a lot of upside. And yes, I know that Pat Beverly's hurt, but as I said the other day, I don't think Beverly's injury makes the Rockets look for another body at point guard. It doesn't work that way. I think because they're going to mix and match, they just want more talent, period, and so they have so many interesting young players. They do like people like Wiltshire, like Gary Payton um, a heck of a lot. So I don't see the Rockets carrying two veterans in their final 15, uh, potentially the final 12, when there are so many young options. I think they'll take one um, young, young guy at the point and one veteran And I think it's going to be Prigioni over Brown. It wouldn't floor me. Uh, Brown does have a relationship with James Harden, and I'm sure they would. uh, I'm sure James would love for him to make the team, so I wouldn't count it out. But I would just be surprised. Uh, Tyler Ennis, he has not played especially well. Really, the second half of the preseason, when it was obvious that Beverly's injury was longer, his last three games, he's played uh, 17 minutes, 21 minutes, and 33 minutes. And he shot 31% or lower in all of those games. Uh, his defense has also left something to be his art. I don't think the Rockets are going to cut Ennis altogether. Uh, I think that would be far too aggressive, given that he was a first-round pick just two years ago, and he does have some talent. He's very quick with the ball in his hands, and that can be good in certain circumstances. What I do question is whether the Rockets will pick up the uh, the fourth-year option on his contract, because that's something they're going to have to decide by the end of this month. Um, and given that they do, uh, they're putting cap room at a premium. They want all the ability to go after another big-time free agent next summer. I'd be surprised if they commit to Tyler Ennis based on what we've seen thus far. Unless he's just a significantly better player in practice, which is possible. We just haven't heard it, and of course the practices are private, so it's not like I can give you guys much insight on that. But based on what I've seen on the floor, I think Ennis will stay on the roster because certainly you need depth, and he is young. I'd just be surprised if they committed the cap room. Now, the counter argument to that is that, you know, his salary, I believe, would be somewhere in the two to three million range for next year. That's not very much in the grand scheme uh, of how big the cap is going to be next year. I mean, the cap's going to be over um, $100 million. So, it's not a huge chunk, so it wouldn't be absolutely stunning if they op- if they picked up the option on the contract. I would just be a little surprised based on what we've seen thus far. I think they'll err on the side of uh, cap room unless D'Antoni feels much better based on what he has seen at practice. However, uh, based on his youth, again, I think he has upside to make the roster. Period. Because you know your veterans, Prigioni and Brown, at this point those guys are what they are, and if you're talking about guys who hopefully are just going to be playing a minor role for three weeks until Pat Beverly gets back, that the three-week time table is what's reported by Woj, and he's the best in the business, um, I think the Rockets will err on the side of youth and upside for a lot of these cuts, but I don't want to get too far into that because, really, we're going to hear a lot about that over the next 48 hours. I think you'll also see um, another round of increased negotiations with Yunus. Now, we haven't heard anything. Uh, it seems both sides are pretty dug in with their respective um, demands. But at this point, the offer's not going to get much better for uh, Monte Yunus. There's no more leverage. And if you're the Rockets, if you're going to increase your offer, really, before the regular season, is the last true impetus to do it. And so I've said all along, even though I think there are some hard feelings, Monty Yunus needs to play this season to reestablish his value. And just as we talked about Nene potentially being very useful to that second unit now that you don't really have an offensive anchor since you've had to move Eric Gordon to the starting lineup, Mati Yunus could as well. Um a couple of podcasts ago I said Sam Decker was trying to put a uh you know a lock on that backup power forward spot. Um, you know, I wouldn't write him off, but certainly the last couple of games he's had some rookie moments and a reminder that while well, he has upside, uh, Mati Eunice right now is probably the better player. So I would expect the Rockets to, uh, you know, try and go back to him one more time. We'll see if it works. And if, and if it does, that's even one more cut that you're going to have to make by Monday. But if it doesn't, uh, boy, if it doesn't, it's hard to see where a deal comes from. And you start to wonder if he really would consider... Uh, playing in Europe this season, because if if the regular season is not enough uh, of a force for both sides to get a deal, the Rockets to, you know, get a better uh, bench player on the roster, Demo to start earning back his market value, if that pressure is not enough to force both sides to the table and come to, uh, to, come to an understanding, I don't know what will be, I mean, certainly there could be an injury later on, there could be some kind of uh, come-to-Jesus moment for Demo, but... Uh, yeah, it, it's starting to get very um, disappointing and very confusing. I would say so. I'd stay tuned the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours. I think one way or another, we'll have a little bit more movement because it just really doesn't make more se- It doesn't make any sense uh, to drag this out much beyond the last few days for either party. Um, last note I want to mention from the game last night: Harold Herald. Uh, 3 of 8, 6 points in his 16 minutes, minus 8. It wasn't a terrible game for him, but I think it was a reminder he he struggled to finish against the length of some of these bigger guys for San Antonio inside. You know, their starters, LaMarcus Aldridge, Pau Gasol, um, brought in Bertans, um, Forbes off the bench. Uh, there's decent length for San Antonio for a lot of these bigs, and Mike D'Antoni wants Montrez to play the center position based on his speed and long term in his system that might be the best fit. But it's a reminder that um, at this point in Montrez's development, he's a hustle player. So while I think he can get minutes here and there, especially if the Rockets are a little sluggish on a given night. It's clear that he is the third-string center at this point. He's not going to supplant Capella or Nene. Now, if there's a matchup where the Rockets need that kind of burst, that kind of energy, certainly you can use him. But I would not expect day one for Harold to be in the rotation. I think he's a death piece in case of foul trouble. Or if it's one of these games where your guys just look sluggish. And that could happen a lot early. The Rockets open the season with 7 of 8 on the road. So it. It would not uh, be shocking, especially with some of these players are probably going to get a little taxed with the rotation tightened due to Pat Beverly's absence. Um, You know, maybe one of these games, Montress Harrell's energy is a good fit, but I don't think he is a day-in, day-out rotation player at this particular point in time. He's still got a lot more development to do, and this season, at least early on, you're just looking for him to be that ninth or 10th man off the bench, that energy hustle guy in games when maybe um, Nene's age is showing a little bit. Anyway, that's about all I know to wrap up the preseason. Rockets finished 5-2. and two. Really, I'd say they finished 5-1 because you can almost throw out that last game from the record with the Rockets, um, leaving four of their five starters in Houston. All in all, um, like I said, a few positive signs to take away. Biggest was Nene, Um he's certainly got his limitations defensively but this is a great offensive showing for him this preseason 25 of 34 and it gives you a little bit of hope that potentially he can be that anchor for the second unit offensively that you're not going to have now that beverly's injury is forcing eric gordon into the starting lineup other than that i wouldn't worry too much about many of the other players slow shooting night for kj mcdaniels but as i said KJ's strength is playing off the ball asking him to be the focal point and you know double-digit shot attempts although he did make two of three threes which is always a great sign if KJ can hit threes boy you put him alongside Harden there's a lot of potential but um yeah McDaniels Decker each shooting four of 11 I would not worry too much about that I would say they were each overextended with the role they were asked to play in San Antonio and once they get to the regular season I think you'll see uh a lot more of what you saw from them earlier this Preseason when they were able to play alongside the likes of James Harden, Eric Gordon, Trevor Reza, Clint Capella, etc. Anyway, I'm Ben Dubose with Sports Talk 790. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Dubose. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Rockets. You can always email the show at Rockets at gmail.com if you've got any questions for me. Uh, this will wrap up another good week of podcasts. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. We're getting pretty consistently um, 5,000 or more listeners every week, which is Great. Sometimes even seven or eight thousand a week. So I thank all of you so much for listening. I'm really enjoying doing this. If I can do anything to improve the show, please let me know. And also, please stay tuned in the next couple of days because I think we're going to have some really cool guests for you. Um, going to talk about the roster cuts on uh, Sunday or Monday, whenever the Rockets finalize those. Going to have a couple of interviews early next week to preview the season, and then uh, Wednesday night and Friday night, we're going to be able to recap actual basketball as the Rockets open the season with games against the Lakers and the Mavericks on the road. So again, that's it for this episode of Lockdown Rockets. I'm Ben Dubose. Thank you for listening and have a great weekend.